Thank you so much, Marilyn, for taking the time to share that. And welcome. Hello, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, my name is Adam Sither. I'm the senior pastor here at North Haven. If you're in person or joining us online, thank you so much. And uh, that, that story from Marilyn is just a fantastic. And I, I love the tour that she went on. Uh, we do charge for that now. It's only... <laughs> It's cheap. Um, but no, I, in all seriousness, I want to just uh, let you know, to, uh, today we're having our pizza with staff, and we do this once a month where uh, there's an opportunity, if you've not had a chance to meet me or to engage with our staff on things like uh, membership, our ministries, opportunities, kind of like who we're connected with, where we're going, all that stuff, um, I invite you to come. Uh, pizza with staff, you don't have to have signed up or pay anything. You just show up and have a few slices with me and Pastor Don, our kids ministry director, and then um, uh, we just talk about North Haven. So please, come to that. It's going to be after the service if you haven't yet done that, um, and it's in the back there where the tables are, so you'll, just, you'll see things set up. Anyways, um, uh, thank you to Pastor Don and his wife Sherry for speaking a couple weeks ago, and then Pastor Don for speaking last week. Um, I was out of town for two weeks with my family. We took our RV and we traveled to the Black Hills and then Yellowstone and, and Wyoming, and then we went through North Dakota, and uh, we had a great time. What are the highlights? You guys been to the um, Badlands in North Dakota? Anybody? I didn't even know those existed. And then Medora, anybody been to Medora and done the musical and stuff like that? We did that. That was just really cool. Um, anyways, uh, so I um, want to just uh, thank you, Don. He's back there. Thank you so much. And your wife for, uh, for sharing God's word with us over these last couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of family items I want to let you know about. Uh, so recently, um, an individual is a big part of our church, Truman Ingersoll. He passed away. Um, perhaps you've heard that. And um, Truman is just a, an incredible man of God. Um, and uh, we want to have an opportunity to celebrate his life. Uh, so that's going to be on September 25th. Um, more details, it'll be here. More details will emerge in regards to times here in the near future, but I wanted to let you know about that date. And then also just recently, Artis Kettleston um, passed away, um, and uh, we just found out about this recently. So it, um, uh, we will have more details about those arrangements too as we, as we learn about that. But let's be praying for their family and for their uh, friends and circle and for this church. Um, let's pray uh, right now for them, and then we'll pray for this time. Father, um, we come before you, and we ask, Lord, during this time, Lord, that you would speak to us. We, we trust, Lord, that when you do that, uh, that uh, your words would penetrate our hearts, Lord, that they would embed themselves into not only um, our, our consciousness, but then our action, Lord, that we would choose to, to go in the way that you lead uh, because you call us. Uh, Lord, we want to uh, pray for, for Carol, uh, Truman's wife, and, and, and then all friends and family in this church that are affected by the loss of Truman. We just pray, Lord, your comfort and peace in this time, um, and that the arrangements would, would be able to, uh, to move forward without any obstacle. And, and Lord, for artists, and, and uh, Lord, all of her family and friends, uh, Lord, who are uh, grieving from this loss, we pray, Lord, great peace and comfort in this time. Lord, uh, be with us as we dive into your word. We trust as you lead in your name. Amen. 
So here at North Haven, we have a three-legged stool. And what I mean by that is, is our mission statement is made up of three important facets. So I want to look at this mission statement together for North Haven Church. This is, this is, this is what it is that we as a church have committed to. Um, we connect at a deeper level to Christ by intentionally pursuing a growing relationship to Him, to each other by purposely building loving relationships, and to our community by actively working together to introduce families to Christ. Let's read that through one more time. Uh, We connect at a deeper level to Christ by intentionally pursuing a growing relationship with Him and to each other by purposely building loving relationships and to our community by actively working together to introduce families to Christ. So there are three legs to this stool. The first is to connect to Christ and then to connect to each other and and then to connect to our community. And so what we're going to do is over the next three weeks, we're going to highlight the different facets of, of, of those legs, connect to Christ, connect to each other, and connect to our community. We're just going to touch the surface, begin to unpack what those things mean. And that's going to be in preparation for what I'm excited for, and that is our September 19th Back to Church Sunday. So we want to get people not only uh, reconnected with church, but maybe those that haven't really considered church something that they want or feel like they need to make part of their life. And so we're equipping you with some invites to be a part of that. So you should have those in um, ways you walked in. If not, they're available in the comments. Um, But we want to hand out these cards to our friends, our family, our neighbors, uh, co-workers, anybody that God would put on our heart to uh, invite them to come back to church. This is a a nationwide effort, Back to Church Sunday, September uh, 15th. So churches all over the country are pinpointing that date for uh, people to reconnect in that way. Um, So uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to, again, touch the tip of the iceberg when it comes to connect with Christ. Now, I want to say this. Um, The Holy Spirit moves. When when we experience the life-changing work of Jesus Christ, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And so he works in our lives and he works in our midst. I believe that Scripture shows us that the Holy Spirit acts when we are prepared. That means when we put our best foot forward and we are pursuing Christ um, and spending time with Him, connecting with Him, that the Holy Spirit works in our lives as as a result of that preparation. But there are times when we are going this way and the Holy Spirit zags this way, and then He beckons us to follow. And I believe that that's happened personally in my life in that this. Uh, so I'm a planner. I like to organize. And so uh, when I think about what we're going to tackle here at a church at North Haven, I, I, I kind of plan that. I organize that. And so I have thoughts and ideas about where we're going. And I think, you know, we're going to tackle this at that point and whatnot. But I always then present myself as David did in Psalm 139, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, and then lead me in the way everlasting. And so I'm willing and wanting the Holy Spirit to engage with me and to lead me in, in, in ways that he wants me to go if he wants me to go. <laughs> so um, he's made that clear. Over the last three weeks, there has been this, 
this churning that's happened in my heart um, when, it, when it's come to, to one person in particular, one singular person that has just, it's a good thing that this person has been ruminating in my mind, but as it pertains to us as a church and where we go in the indefinite future, um, Jesus keeps coming, keeps coming back. Jesus. And, and specifically, what does it mean to connect to Christ? What does it mean to, to not only know him, but to connect with him? Who is Jesus? What did he do? What is he doing? And then how should we respond? And I feel that God is leading me, and so I invite you to come with me, to journey into exploring who Jesus is, what he did, what he's doing, and how it is that he wants us to respond for I don't know how long. So that sounds a little unsettling to somebody like me when I want to know like defining dates and that kind of stuff, but I'm just kind of going here. I'm going, and we'll see how that unfolds. But over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack this mission statement. So today, we're just going to touch the tip of the iceberg when it comes to connect with Christ, and we're going to start with one of the most preeminent passages in all of Scripture, and that's Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. Paul, the author of Romans, he lays down uh, these verses that are just fantastic, and so we're going to look at them together. Here we go. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's take a moment, and, and whether you're at home or you're in person, let's read this together. Can we read this together? Follow me. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does Paul say? He says, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, Nothing can separate you. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can prevail against us. And there are many, many things, are there not, that, that seek to prevail against us. Some are very tangible. Some, you know, we are vocal about. Some things like, like all the, the worry and concern and anxiety that the pandemic has brought or the concerns about all the differing points of view in regards to masks and vaccines and all that jazz. The racial strife that we went through that continues to, to ravage. Everything that's happening in Afghanistan. I mean, there's just so many mounting things, wildfires here throughout the country, so many um, a multitude of things that seek to prevail against us that are a little bit more obvious, but what about those things we don't talk about? What about, what about the, the feeling we have, uh, you might have, about yourself? 
Um, maybe uh, some uh, self-loathing that you have about who you are and what you could possibly have to offer. Maybe, maybe there's a, a, a mounting financial crisis that seeks to prevail over your life. Uh, maybe it's something that you, that you see down the, the tunnel and it's nothing but doom and gloom and you feel helpless to do anything about that. Or maybe you're already under that avalanche. Maybe there's a, a medical condition that you know about or that you're worried about that has just uh, uh, ravaged your mind and your heart in such a way where you feel the despair that maybe you couldn't, couldn't have ever imagined. Or maybe there's a relationship that is in such disarray that it's causing you stress, anxiety, and worry unlike anything you've ever known. There are so many things that seek to prevail against us. Am I right? But here's the deal. What Paul is saying in Romans chapter 8, and we, we forget this. We don't truly understand this. All those things, all those things that are obvious that we talk about, and then all those things that we keep, that we keep hidden, you know, in that little pantry in our heart, all these things, when they are held up in comparison to God, that means when they are held up against the immensity, the almighty, majestic nature of God, that they amount to literally what? Nothing. That means those things that are obvious that we talk about and those things that we keep hidden all those things that we feel and believe are insurmountable, that when they are literally held up to God, that they amount to absolutely nothing. Who or what shall separate us from Jesus? Many people, many people and many things and circumstances seek to prevail. They seek to tear us apart from Jesus. The opposition that we experience because of those things is, is very, very strong. But Paul says not one person, not one thing, not one circumstance, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Check out Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals, what can things, what can circumstances possibly do to me? So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? But we don't often uh, take or inhabit this kind of mindset that we see there. We don't often approach people and things and circumstances that seek to prevail against us. We don't approach those things by, by often saying, what can these mere things or people or circumstances possibly do to me? We don't do that. Instead, we often believe in the face of such overwhelming opposition that we are destined for some semblance of doom and destruction or disappointment 
our hopelessness. And we might even respond the same way that the ancient Israelites responded in Psalm 44, verse 22, where it's, they say this, we face death all day long, and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, you may not be verbalizing or internalizing this same uh, thought, but it's come out, it comes out in some way, shape, or form similar to this, isn't it? I mean, we face death all day long. We face problems all day long. We face, I face hopelessness all day long. I face obstacles all day long. I feel like I am nothing but a sheep that is just waiting to be slaughtered. Can you relate? But Paul says, nothing, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is what Paul lays out. He says, he says death cannot separate us. He says, life cannot separate us. Angels or demons cannot separate us. The present and everything that's wrapped up in the present cannot separate us. And the future, either the perception of certainty, the inevitability, the worry and anxiety that comes with that, that cannot separate us from God through Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> I need two volunteers, and I'm not even going to ask for permission. Rebecca and Josh, can I have you guys come up? All right, Rebecca and Josh, wonderful married couple. I'm going to have them. Uh, they, you guys are in a rough spot here, because if I said, come up to the stage, and you said no, man, you wouldn't look good. So, <laughs> Regardless of whether you're doing this voluntarily or not, thank you. Would you please come up to the stage here? I'm going to have you turn and face the congregation. And I'm going to have, as I'm sure you often do, hold hands, please. All right. Now, I want you to separate just a little bit. Okay, so here is a grip. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Rebecca to represent herself her wonderful, beautiful self, and then Josh is going to represent all those things that Rebecca wants to hold on to. That might be Josh himself <laughs> and their marriage. It might be their family. It might be their uh, financial health. It might be their physical health. It might be the hopes and dreams or plans that they have for the future. It could be all those things, any of those things. And Rebecca is holding on, okay? Now, what, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to, as, as firm and as strong as a grip as you can do without, without hurting him, Okay? Go ahead and, and give a strong grip. And, and what we do is because we know we don't have to be told, we understand that there is opposition that seeks to prevail against us. <laughs> That's obvious. So what we do is we respond by tightening our grip, by holding on even so, uh, uh, so strongly as to not, not 
loosen the grip or have the grip released for those things that we, that we hope for in our lives. And so that opposition comes in, I'm the opposition, and seeks to kind of pull those things apart, you know, seeks to release that grip. And sometimes that's successful. The, the tightness and the strength of that grip resists the obstacles, the people and the persons or the, the things and the situations, the circumstances. But sometimes, sometimes it's not. Sometimes that obstacle can come in and can seek to tear that apart and, and, and succeed. And, and we live our lives then often because, especially when we don't intentionally think about this, we live our lives seeking to avoid losing our grip. So our lives are motivated by the avoidance of that happening. Does that make sense? And we might relish in some way our ability to be able to hold tightly onto those things that we want for our lives, Or maybe we find that that grip isn't sufficient, and so we wish for the ability. But here's what happens. Inevitably, regardless of how strong our grip is, we can lose that grip. Now, I'm not not too successful now. Tighter grip, all right? Um, I got a different idea. All right. Okay. It's for illustrative purposes, all right? I'm just kidding. If I wanted to, though, I could definitely destroy the grip between Rebecca and Josh, between Rebecca and all those things that she would want for her life. So inevitably... Those obstacles, those things that would seek to prevail against us, succeed. We've experienced that. Every single person in this room, thank you so much, guys. Perfect. Every single person in this room has, has experienced at some point, and maybe is now, that which that seeks to prevail against us succeeding. And so that becomes our construct. We live our lives not only with the intentionality of avoiding the loss of that grip, and so we either wish that we could hold tighter or we seek to actually hold tighter, and so then we put the perception that the ability to hold on or not hold on is contingent on our strength. And then that grip eventually becomes too uh, weak against the, the prevailing obstacle, and the grip is abolished, and, and then we live our lives with the construct, understanding that that can happen, and so we seek to prevent any possibility. But here's the deal. What Paul's saying in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, is that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and for yours because he rose from the dead and because he's living today, and that by believing in him, by knowing that he's the son of God, by believing what he did and believing that he's living today, the Bible says that we will be saved. 
that we will become then children of God. I am a child of God. And when that happens, we experience a grip that is unlike anything we have ever experienced and will ever experience. A grip that unlike any other experience that we have in our relationships, in our things, in our circumstances, in our hopes, never lets go. And here's the cool thing, that the grip that Jesus has on our lives when we devote and commit our lives to him, that grip and the success of that grip is not contingent on our strength in that I could release and that doesn't diminish the strength and fortitude of the grip of Christ. That's what Paul's saying, is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that's the tip of the iceberg. That's how we begin to unpack and to dive into what it means to connect to Christ. Again, Paul says in Romans 8, verses 38 through 39, I am convinced this is the truth. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing will be able to separate you. That's how we connect. That's how we begin to connect by recognizing and leaning into the grip of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, today I pray that the truth of these words found in Romans 8 but more importantly, the truth of who you are, the love, the unending, uh, unbeatable, always faithful, never-ending, eternal love that you have for us, made possible through your Son, Jesus Christ, provides a grip, a connection that will never be released And it's not contingent on our strength. It's not contingent on our ability, but solely and completely in yours. So, Lord, I I pray that today would not be just another day in which maybe we've gotten accustomed to where we just go through the motions and we do our thing and we end our day and we wake up the next day and it's just like the day before. I pray that today would instead be a, a day of renewal. That it would be an engagement with who you are and, and what you've done. That you would reveal to us the goodness of your love, your hope, your mercy, all of which will never let us go. We pray this in your name. Amen. 
Amen. One last thing before I go. So I'm looking forward to the, this series um, uh, as we next week we talk about what it means to connect to each other. And then the third week, connect to our community. want to reinforce getting those invites into people's hands and hearts and minds. But I also want to let you know this. Uh, we have uh, had a wonderful opportunity um, over the last month to pour love into Richardson Elementary School. If you're not familiar with where Richardson is, just down the road. Um, and we have some wonderful students and families and, and teachers and faculty who are a part of that amazing um, school. And we want to seek to bless them. And we provide an opportunity to do that. So over the course of the last month, you guys have been donating generously school supplies uh, were, uh, that are made possible to help um, our students and our teachers, but you also packed backpacks uh, last week as well, which provided opportunities for kids to have food when maybe they wouldn't. And then on Thursday, we had some volunteers, uh, including myself, who went and uh, distributed food, packed and distributed food uh, to a bunch of families there at Richardson Elementary. Um, they call that the Penguin Market. And it's a, it's a great, um, really simple way of connecting with the families there. They had an open house at the same time, so there are a lot of people present, and it was just a really cool opportunity to engage with our community. Um, again, uh, so many ways to do that here in North St. Paul. Um, so excited about that. Thank you to the volunteers who were part of that. I hope you have a great day today and uh, you experience the love of God in a way that you didn't expect. We'll see you soon.